If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the GOAT Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a GOAT, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville, and welcome to another episode of the GOAT Consulting Podcast right here in VC Productions in studio in Nashville, Tennessee. We've got a great show for you today. We're excited about it. We want to say thank you to Russell Stroud and RWS services. They do a great job for us, and we appreciate them supporting us. Yes. That is not Tyler to the right. That is Jim Cripps, and we're excited about you being here today. He is a sales coach, speaker, vice president, COO, team builder, biohacker, world record holder. It all started on a dare and so much more. We're excited about you being here with us yes. today. And to the left, wearing a shirt that says Defy <laughs> Logic, which certainly we're going to talk about friend. that today. That is for you. They call him the Love hammer. It. Jim Cripps, we're excited you'd be here today. John, John, all the way in from Brentwood. Thank you for being here today. It's so good. And Jim, what a treat uh, to have you. I think this connection got made sometime back in maybe November, somewhere around there, from our mutual friend Randy Huth, former uh, goat and in the um, the bosom of the goat family, as well as as you now. So uh, both you guys, we should have Randy come help us co-host this episode. He's, well, yeah, that would have been yes. He's a radio host. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, shout out Blow to Randy. Out the candles. He's probably he's probably whipping some Smell kids the roses. practice, getting them ready for the hey. And, and we're in good company. Jim has not just just chosen to be on our show. He has been on Good Morning America, Jimmy Kimmel. He's been all the way over in Japan on a Japanese television show called Unbelievable. Oh, so because that's, I mean, that's his thing. We're right up there at the top. So right. we appreciate you being here today. Absolutely. Well, Defy Logic, uh, I think we'll, our, our audience is, that knows you already, and this will become more and more true for them and the world as we uh, get through this conversation. So thanks for joining us. So good to have you. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to it. You uh, most recently, in fact, I think you just got this maybe yesterday, we're on the cover of Bowler's Journal, February 2023. And I love the title, by the way. I wish I would have thought of it. A backhanded compliment. It's beautiful. Yeah, they did a great job. And it's it's one of those things that you have as a goal, but you you almost don't even want to tell people. Yeah. Because it's such Why is that? Like what makes you what keeps you from telling wanting to tell people? Well, that one and they and they got flack over it. I'm I'm controversial in that I don't do things the way you're the most bowl attractive bowler that's ever been. Well, you bowl, the you, controversy? You, you bowl backwards, and I can't even bowl forwards. Neither can I. <laughs> In fact, well done. <laughs> well, the last time I bowled forward, period, was July 25th, 2005. Mm. And it was when I was on the Jimmy Kimmel show. They wanted to randomly select me out of the audience. And so they said, you, you can't do what you do. And they hired some actors to come in and be my friends and I had to bowl forward. And I shot 112 during that segment. They randomly select me, and I shoot 210 live on television. Ah. Oh. So just it's one of those crazy did you things. Sh- did you shoot backwards that day too? Yeah, so 210 okay. live backwards. Oh, So okay. they, they had his aunt, Aunt Chippy, and she's a, she's a bowler. Yes. And so they pubbed it up real big for her and that we were playing for Celine Dion tickets. 
Damn, oh, wow. that's what you said you wanted to go to on the way up here. You texted me. <laughs> I, that's, I can't even speak about it. I'm right. so. You I want to go see Celine. Did you so get I, us to Celine? Now she's done. She's oh, like retiring. Right. She's did those actors still end up well. being your friends, or was it just for that one night? No, it was just that. It was that one thing, and you know. I mean, I, I want to hire some actors to be my friend. That's cool. <laughs> well, I didn't even realize that. You know, they come over with paperwork, and they're like, "You have to, you have to sign up for to be part of SAG." This is so. Awesome. We we are uh, uh, three minutes in. We have not even shared why Jim's here, other than some of the some I, of the cool accolades. I mean, b- business and sales coach, speaker, VP, COO, team builder, biohacker, and world record holder. And we need to add to that list of accolades: friend of Randy Huth. Absolutely, and, Huth in the booth. Uh, absolutely. So, Randy's sent me this text, I don't know, a couple months ago, and he yep. said, hey, you got to meet Jim. He just bowled backwards a 300. Incredible. A perfect 300. And that was kind of what sparked the conversation. There's so much more good in the Jim Cripps onion that we will uh, unlayer as we go through this conversation. But one of the things that you said a few minutes ago, you said, I love bowling and I love leading people more. And Absolutely. so we're going to talk more about that as we, we dive in. But let's start off with um, one of the things we like to ask our guests is tell us your favorite childhood memory. I had a great childhood. I mean, it was my dad was my best friend, still is today. You know, not that you don't go through that, you know, early 20s moment where you're, you're not real sure where you fit in. <laughs> yes. You kind of become an idiot for a little bit. But he's, he's my biggest supporter. Absolutely. Great parents. Where'd you grow up? Ashland City, Tennessee. Okay. So just right around the corner. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a big fan of kind of how people, you know, hit adversity and recover. I think if you hit adversity adversity early, then it makes you stronger. You become more agile when it comes to pivoting and Mm. kind of moving towards your goals. And first grade was a train wreck. I had a mentally abusive teacher that just destroyed everything. Oh, wow. But my parents were there, and they really dove in and, and tried to figure out how do we build confidence again. And my dad bought me a motorcycle, and that was my thing. I could be good at that. Hmm. And then fast forward a little bit, my third grade teacher realized how far I was behind because of that, and she brought me back up. This this woman, Miss Frances Hall, she was a saint. She didn't retire from teaching until she was 92. Hmm. Oh, wow. She only retired then because she said she would. She did not want to train tests. She was like, we teach to test now. Mm. Fast forward to high school, and my favorite teacher on this planet, which it's, it's hard to decide between the two, is Kate McGlasson, who's the dean of Innsworth. She gave me my first chance to lead, and I loved it. And I think a combination of those things is really what... What did you... What was that? So she was pregnant at the time with her second child, and she taught geometry. Oh, you're going to say she allowed me to be the father. No. <laughs> Not sure why. I would. <laughs> you see that shirt? You see that shirt right there? It defies logic. Well, he's living it she, out. Uh, I mean, she allowed me. Get back on track. Here well, we no, go. but, you know, back I had a hundred. <laughs> yeah, stay in it. Out of the gutter, right? Yeah. yeah. So she had a just a, a tough day. It was a tough pregnancy, and. Uh, I had a hundred average in her class the year before, and I was her student aide. And she was having a, a tough day, and I said, "Here, I'll, I'll teach." And that right, right then, I just I loved it. Being able to communicate 
in a way that people could understand something that they didn't previously understand. I love it. Absolutely clicked with me. And then, you know, that's that's kind of where I see, you know, a couple key moments that that really kind of pushed me to where I'm at today. I love it. I, I have a story that's similar, but it, I don't know if the audience is ready for it. My, my coach got kicked out of a basketball game in eighth grade. And uh, he said to the woman that was the referee, he said, um, in case you didn't know it, this is a basketball game and you have a whistle in your mouth. This is not a Weight Watchers camp, and you're supposed to use that whistle. She turned around and teed him up and kicked him out. Of the, he turned to me. and he It's said, a defining moment for he you. He said, Colby, you coach him from here. And I, I did, it. and we won the game. I love it. I thought, that, that. Was, I thought that was mean to say that to that woman. but Yeah, maybe. You know, you know. I, was, I was in eighth grade. It, it carved the way for you. Yeah. It carved the path. I think it just tied everything together. So well, thank you for unjarring that jarring that memory loose for me. I well, mean, that was a defining moment what for What Colby me. missed there, Jim, is that he typically will then ask a question where uh, he, At he least will, it pushes it back to him. Yeah, well, yeah. where many of our defining moments happen before 35. Yes, sure. thank you, thank you. I'm defining logic myself. Yes, 80% of life-defining moments happen before age 35. So you have this moment here. Mm-hmm. Then what's and you, you wake up and you say I want to oh, this feels good to me I want to lead, and then somewhere along the way you just you say I don't want to bowl forwards I want to bowl backwards I mean where is there a, is there a defining moment that you say I I want to try this there there was and probably prior to that and was that right of, yeah I think you did good okay. kind of teeing that up so my first job I'm two or three days in and I noticed that this guy takes a two and a half hour lunch break. And I can't wait to hear where this goes. Oh, yeah. And I, I, so I said something about it, you know, just in humor. And (laughs) did you get enough lunch in? Right. Well, the the manager um, overheard me say it. And I just, I just asked a question. There wasn't, you know, no entitlement or anything you derive from that. And he goes, Well, Jim, he's the top salesperson. So they'd fire me before they fired him. Oh. And I think it was one of those things where, you thought you were saying it in your head, but you said it out loud. And I said, story of my life. Well, I want to be that guy. And he goes, Jim, no offense, but I didn't hire you to be that guy. Wow. And I didn't know what he meant, but he explained it. He said, Jim, I hired you because you're the kind of guy that's going to show up every day. You're going to do inventory when I tell you to do inventory. You're going to make sure you take care of customers. He goes, but I, I didn't hire you under any false pretenses that you're going to be the top sales guy. Hmm. And that lit a fire. Hmm. And how old I was 18, 18. So I graduated high school early. And so this was April 29th of 1996. Wow. The day. Damn. And this top sales guy, I'm looking at what he's doing. And I was like, I can do that. Hmm. So I, I took it on as a mission. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out what he's doing. And I found a couple chinks in his armor that made me believe he's a, you know, he's human just like I am. And I can do this. And sure enough, on month five, I was the top salesperson in my store. Love it. Month six, I was top salesperson in the region. And that's really where I just decided I can do anything I want to do. Mm. Fast forward 2001, so the Pinnacle, Pinnacle Family Entertainment Center, where I met Randy Huth. Well, I'd say that me and Randy go back further than that. Oh, wow. But Randy was the bar manager at the Pinnacle. Mm. So it's brand new. It's the hot spot go out with some friends, and I had not bowled but maybe a few times in my entire life. So we go out, and some of my friends are serious bowlers. And they start giving me a hard time because I'm terrible. I mean, just absolutely as bad as you can imagine, that's me. 
and we're 20 something years old, few too many non-water beverages. Yeah. And some of my customers happen to be there at the same time. I ran a store there in, in Clarksville and they're giving me a hard time now too. So as a joke, I threw a ball behind me. The very first ball was a strike. Well, when I turn around instantly, all four of the guys with me are noticeably aggravated. What? And so they're like, you, you couldn't do that. That you got lucky, mm-hmm. funny, whatever, get serious again. Like I just bowled the best ball I've thrown all night. So they bet me any ball in the pro shop that I couldn't shoot 150 that way. Fast forward six weeks later, I shoot 163. By that time, I'm better backward than I am forward. So no reason to turn around. Yeah, literally. Yeah, and so that's how this whole thing started. It start, started off of a testosterone-infused bet. Yeah. With some, you know, 21, 22-year-olds. And so you just got lucky on that one on that one throw. Yeah, absolutely. Just complete luck. Okay. Hmm. So fast forward, and now that's what I'm known for. You know, it's really kind of two pieces of the Jim Cripps, because I have a hard time with that. And I think some people struggle with it, some people don't. But I have a hard time with the line between who you are and what you do. Hmm. And so mine is even worse, because it's it's really which one am I? And it really kind of depends on the crowd, you know, to bowlers. I, I'm, I'm this guy that bowls backwards. I'm the backwards bowler. And that holds some negativity in the bowling world too, which I think we'll talk about. Yeah. Backhanded compliment. Did you, did you give them the title or? I did not. No. They did a fantastic job. Did they ask you for your input? They did not. Huh. And, and the guy that actually wrote the article, not a bowler at all. Peter Warren, just a fantastic guy. Yeah. And that notice, is pretty the, unhur- notice, the su- notice the subtitle. Unique, what? Style. Unique style. Unique perspective. Right. Unique true. education. Unique experience. We talk yes. about three things that make up goats. They have unique perspective, unique education, unique experience, and now we're going to add unique unique style. I like style. that. And and it. you got eight pages, which is a bit unheard of in the Bowling Journal. Also, it's it's, it's a, so over the top. You know, it's one of those things. They they took a huge chance. In fact, I did not even ask. Did I get the cover? I didn't know I was in the running until did I was. Did you want to ask? I wanted to ask. But question. you didn't. I didn't. What because kept you from I don't asking? think I could. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't like just go right out. I'd be like, hey, so what are you thinking about on that story? The audience is like, yes, Colby, we know. Yeah. We know. We get it. <laughs> oh, but John wouldn't be. Yeah. John would be like you and just wait till the end. What is it inside of you that, yeah, that good said question. you aren't going to ask? That's pretty powerful. Well, so if we, if we back up just a little bit, so, you know, a lot of this stirred back up. You know, I had a lot of stuff going on in bowling, and then it kind of shifted, and I, I went neck deep into a business, grew that business by over $90 million a year in annual revenue. And then uh, it shifted again and, and went back a little heavier into bowling. And so back in November, I shoot this 300 game, and it was perfectly imperfect. Mm. There were so many things. Oh, that, don't go there yet. We're gonna get there. Okay, that's okay. our. We're, we got to tease the audience a little bit. I like that. I, I guess. Like the, the, but when we get to when we get to this uh, article, though, imperfect. The it's controversial for me to be in it. It's way outside the lines of how far I thought they would go for me to be in the cover. And so they reached out, said they wanted to do an article. I did a couple Zoom meetings get, for content, and then they wanted a list of names that they could reach out to. And I could send them a list of names. And they were like, we need more names. 
I sent them a list of names. They said, we need more names. Mm. I sent them a list of names, and they said, we to, need to more To get names. the story right. Yeah, and so I sent them like 40 people. And we're talking about oh, people wow. people that I've bowled with forever, the guy that I bowled against in the tournament, all the way to Tom Clark that that is the PBA commissioner. And – was this was not a back? Was this a backwards bowling tournament? Or no, no, no. no. There's okay. there, no such thing. There's no that. such yeah. thing. Yeah, that's right. And so they reached out for all these things. And then I, on my last conversation with them, Peter said, "Jim, we've got such amazing content that we're we're struggling with where to cut." Yeah. And he goes, "And I'm struggling with what what conversations to cut out." He goes, "I think you're going to be amazed." And I was talking to Ron Hicklin. So Ron Hicklin runs Creating the Difference. It is a, a bowling company. So they supply content, information. Their whole deal is how to educate and, and bring community and then supply great products. And so I was talking to him, and he's been in bowling for a long time. In fact, when he was in high school, he wanted to be a ball designer. He was a ball designer, uh, successful, was at Ebonite, designing cutting-edge bowling, bowling balls, now runs his own company. And I'm talking to him. And he said, Jim, did you say they're, they're hiring a photographer? And I said, yeah, yeah, they're hiring a photographer. He goes, Jim, they don't, they don't just hire photographers. He goes, if they're hiring a photographer, you're one of the top two or three stories. You're in the running for the cover. Hmm. And you could have knocked me down with a feather. Yeah. And he goes, Jim, I've, I've been on the cover of magazines. He goes, I, I, I'm telling you, they don't. Most of the pictures come from just people taking it with a phone if if they're spending money on a photographer, you're in you're in the top two or three, and so I had a great friend from high school that used to do all the sports um, graphics for Vanderbilt. Now he does it for Ole Miss, mm-hmm. Sean Sin, and I called him and I said, "Man, I'm looking for a photographer. By chance, you know, could you do this?" And he, yeah, absolutely. What do you need? And so he cleared his schedule. And was willing to go to multiple bowling centers with me to get the, the right photos. So a lot of them are taken from the Pinnacle in Clarksville, my home center. And then some of these, especially the styled ones, are from uh, Eastside Bowl. I don't know if you guys oh, yeah. that fantastic. Chark and his team, mm. they are just wonderful. Went in there, told them what I was trying to do, and they, they literally did anything and everything they could do to help me. That's very cool, Jim. One of the um, – and. One of the ways that we like to honor our guests is we like to hear their own definition of a goat. Can you share that with us? And then maybe after that, give us who that goat is for you. That's a hard one. So what a goat is to me is somebody that takes whatever their skill level is, whether it's they do have raw talent, whether they don't have raw talent, and then they work so hard. They put so much effort into getting better and better till they're just perfect. They're so good that they make it look easy. And the reason I think that that is important is because that's what inspires people. When you see somebody struggling through something, a lot of times that doesn't inspire. But when you see someone do something that you think should be impossible, but not only do they do it, but they make it look easy, then it opens your mind as to what could be possible for you. Mm. And to me, that's what a goat is. Mm. And so, you know, if I'm going to go sports or something like that, you know, obvious, how do you, how do you beat Michael Jordan? I mean, that's, he, he's it. But I, I mean, there's just so many. So I, I'm going to give just a couple and yeah. I'll let you guys dive into wh- whichever one. 
so my great teacher, Kate McGlasson, Francis Halls, I will say this. I believe that all, not all educators are leaders, but all leaders are educators. Yes. And sometimes people don't really understand that. If you can do and teach, you get paid for your value, not your time. Absolutely. And they're the ones that change people's lives. Yeah. And it's just fantastic. So big shout out to them. Mm. Um, And then I think capitalism as, as, as a concept is, is a goat. I mean, how do you beat that? That's the first one we've ever had that. (laughs) And he's right. Well done. Uh, bowling is a sport. Of course, I you know that that's that's little my Jim go-to. Rohn coming out there. A little capitalism over communism. Right, right. Well, and I say bowling that's because awesome. bowling is something. Whether you're you know five years old or ninety five years old, you can take your whole family and you can go mm-hmm. enjoy some time together. Has the sport embraced you? The sport has. Yeah. You know that there's there's still haters out there, but I look at haters like. Well, you have to have them. You got yeah. You got to have those badges badges of honor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's how you adapt to those. How you know early on how you get over those, and then later, it's almost like you're collecting them. <laughs> you know you're doing something big when you got haters. <laughs> Jim Cripps, he collects haters. I do. One of the things that one of the things that Jim said. Hater collector, yeah. Jim Cripps. I love it. He I. You talked about this. I think maybe this was on our maybe a call prep call. Yeah. But you talked about speaking of the haters, which made me think of this. But not all of them were. But you had seven hundred thousand people mm-hmm. that commented on the the backwards three hundred video, and you responded to every single one of them. So it was seven hundred thousand views in the first like two and a half three weeks, and then uh, over I think it was over two thousand comments. And I responded to every, like, I even went to where people had shared wow. it and tried to find their comments. And anywhere, I mean, we're talking about other countries. I used Google Translate so that I could try to get it into their language. Wow. All of those things. Because I felt like if, if people took the time to watch that video. I've seen it a few times. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's on YouTube. But that, that would be the place, right? To go Absolutely. Check it out. Yeah. You know, I've got a YouTube channel. It's The Backwards Bowler. Yeah. And so people watched it there, but... You know, one of the guys at the pro shop, he recorded just the last, um, I think it was two balls. Mm. And I love that video. It's not on my channel, but I love it so much because since he was sitting behind, he actually got the video of me coming up between the 11th and 12th ball and giving my son Your a fist son, bump. Your son, yeah. So, yeah. Are, are you obsessed with bowling? Are you obsessed with – it seems like everything that I've learned about you – you become obsessed about something and, and you don't stop until you get to where you want to go. Is that fair? That's a fair assessment. I, I don't believe in quitting. Yeah. And but well, there's a difference between quitting and being obsessed with something. Well, if that's, if that's truly a goal and it's still a goal, you know, cause goals change as, yeah. as we get older, as, as things evolve. But if, if that's, if that's where you're headed, yeah, then there's no reason to let anything get in your way. Okay. And you know, whether we're talking about business, whether we're talking, you know, it could be anything. It could be your spiritual journey. It's 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 whatever you're passionate about. It reminds me of um, Savannah Bananas. Mm. Oh yeah, Jesse Cole, where he said you become so obsessed about something yeah. that you, you fall you fall in love with a problem that you become obsessed about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he said this is not a bad thing. Right. He That's said, what he said. Innovation is. Innovation. Yeah. Is. Innovation is is about falling in love with a problem. problem. Yeah. Yeah. That you become obsessed about. And and. He said that think about think about that memory, and you had this, and John obviously has it, but you got that one T-shirt in high school, 
and you washed it every day. And you, my, mine was the Rolling Stones T-shirt, right? Yep. I, I washed my dad sent it to me. I wore it every day. Everybody would talk about how cool it was. It was the only one in the school. But, but that's that's what I've that's what I'm thinking about when I hear his approach to this. That's really good. Um, maybe I'm going to give the teaser to follow up on what you said earlier before we land this part of the the conversation mm-hmm. here. But um, maybe in part two we will talk about. You said you don't believe in quitting. I feel like Tom Brady quit too late. I feel like yeah. he he did. So maybe we can talk about that. See, maybe there's maybe there's something in that to to chat on. Here's the question that we spoke about early on in our when we got to know each other, and that I struggle with. And here's where we'll start as we pick up in the next part of the conversation. Yeah, I don't believe in perfection. I think part of the reason we do this episode and we are very intentional and clear about a goat is somebody that's striving to be a goat in their own life, business, and relationships. I think if perfection is a part of the conversation, shame is typically riding shotgun, Mm -hmm. right? So one of the first things I said to you was, that's completely untrue in bowling because you can actually be perfect in bowling. There may not be another sport that you can be perfect in, but you can be perfect in bowling, and you did that, and now you're in the Guinness Book of World Records. And so that's where we'll pick up. As we uh, as we start the back half yeah, of this conversation, you talk, yeah, you talk about. He says, "Unpack the onion." I think we're unpeeling the the bowling ball, not unpeeling the onion, but peeling. That back is more the, difficult. Peeling, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. There are layers a little, to a bowling ball. A little reverse psychology with our good friend uh, Jim Cripps. We'll be back here in just a minute for uh, Jim, not Tyler and John Byers and Mikey Davy at the uh, board over there. I'm Colby Jubinville, and this is the Go Consulting Podcast. <laughs>